I went to a marvelous party. Christopher, this is only going to work if we speak one at a time. Fine, you first, Eric. Strip in beautiful West Hollywood, California. It's the Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, the internet's first live comedy variety show. Featuring special correspondents from the worlds of entertainment, politics, and lousy relationships. Everyone gets served. Tonight's live cast is streaming to you through the dinnerpartyshow.com with your hosts, New York Times best-selling novelist Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Good evening, I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And you're listening to the live cast of The Dinner Party Show for July 28th, 2013. And tonight, we will not be talking about Anthony's wiener. Mm-mm. We are, however, interested in why a man who has never once questioned anyone else's sexuality is being hounded out of the New York mayor's race for his private sex life by the allegedly legitimate media. Mm-hmm. If we're also concerned of late about everyone's right to privacy, where is Anthony's? These were private texts. Gross, but private. Mm-hmm. This smells more like a media phone hacking scandal than a political sex scandal. Surely there are actual issues in the race for the mayoralty of one of the largest cities in the world that are more newsworthy than how the candidates like to get off. Or maybe we should hear what the other candidates like to do behind closed doors. Personally, we prefer the former, and we're not talking about the latter because it's none of ours or anyone else's business. Indeed. Once again this week, we will not be discussing Amanda Bynes. Here, here. Except to briefly uh, celebrate that she has been put under a psychiatric hold. Which means God. the streets of Manhattan and your local wig store are <laughs> safe for the time being. Watch out for flying bombs. Indeed. When asked by her own parents how she traveled from New York City to California last week, her reply was that she, quote, cabbed it. <laughs> Oh, girl. I can't Uh, remember. Anyway, in light of this revelation, we wish her parents the very best as they petition for conservatorship. But we're sure there are many drug addicts closer to home for us to worry about, some of whom might actually be interested in changing their lives for the better. Really? We'll see. (laughs) Fingers crossed, girl. We will also not be discussing anything Rush Limbaugh said about anything again this week because, A... We don't know what he said this week, but we're sure he ought to be embarrassed about it. Uh B, we're not paying any attention to Rush Limbaugh and are not sure why anyone else still is. Mm. And C, Mm. we're hoping that if we all just ignore him, he'll go away. Anyone know what Sarah Palin is up to? Good. Let's keep it that way. You betcha. We will not be discussing that here in California, a dead squirrel recently tested positive for the plague. Ew. Why? Because while it killed almost all of Europe hundreds and hundreds of years ago, the plague is now treatable with antibiotics. That's good. Furthermore, there have only been four cases of it in the western states since 1984, and none of them were fatal. 
So while the word plague might make for a terrifying headline that tons of people will click on. Like you, apparently. All right, I had to investigate for our party people, oh, okay? It's all about journalism. It is. There is. They're, they'll, they'll raise their ad revenue with these ridiculous headlines for the news website in question, but this is not actually a news story. Here, here. The current term for faux journalism like this is link bait. <laughs> And we encourage our <laughs> listeners not to be the fish because, as Eric pointed out, I was for you. You have a hook in your mouth there, baby. Just off to the left. Uh-huh. And spinach in your teeth. All right. And while we are as thrilled for the royal couple on their new arrival as we are for anyone who welcomed a new baby this week, we've had enough now. And apparently so have the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge. Don't make us go hide out in Buckleberry with them to get away from all this, shall we say, extensive coverage mm. perhaps manic mm. extreme mm-hmm. over the top mm. ludicrously complete coverage mm-hmm. they had a baby one head ten toes all's well move on as for everything else it's still on the table on tonight's live cast of the dinner party show tonight Sheik Yerbude from the People's Church of Semtex offers us his message of peace and provocation as to the infidels, you will feel much better about yourself if you kill people you disagree with, no matter how minor the disagreement is. Death to the infidels. Why spend time on useless thought trying to advance the cause and improve the lives of your own people when you can focus all your energies on killing people you never even met? Death to the infidels. Pay no attention to the actual teachings of your religion and practice violence as the expression of your holiness and in tribute to all you hold sacred. Death to the infidels. If you can't find any infidels raising the price of gasoline by randomly attacking your neighbors for no apparent reason is almost as good. Amen. Yeah, I know we have that in common too. Amen. Well... He's been in before, and and we're still here, so I think we'll be all right with <laughs> Fingers that one. crossed. Fingers crossed. No fatwas, please. <laughs> hold the fatwa. Dinner party, hold the fatwa. Welcome back to the Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm very surprised that we're back on the air, and I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. I thought I had a longer break than that. I'm glad I didn't leave the room. <laughs> I saw you over there kicking back and putting your hair up yeah. like Ma Kettle. It was like, yeah, do you like this look this week? My hair gets caught in the headphones every week and there's a series of recordings that Brandon is putting together for a A party reel for the Christmas party this year Um, as I roll around on the floor trying to so I've Totally put my hair up in this in one of the, kettle bun on the top of What do they call those head. things? Alligator clips? Yeah, it's in it's your some hair kind right of, now? Yeah, it's some kind of, I have no Listen, idea. Some sort of party people, it is far preferable to the sounds of, of when he gets, because it only happens during the breaks. You pull your headphones off to go to the yeah. bathroom six or seven and this, times. So then it's the, that's when yeah. you, so you all miss the fit. So if you're interested in my new hair look this week, check out the videos when they get posted and yeah. see if I don't look like, I think it was Marjorie Maine who played my cattle. Is that her? She yeah. was also in I the women. Up. She ran the camp that they yeah. ended up at in the that's, women. That's her. Yeah. That's so, my uh, cattle. Um, so, okay, a, a piece of housekeeping that we, we glossed over. A piece over. of housekeeping. Demonstrating just how familiar Christopher is with the concept of housekeeping. <laughs> I, a large housekeeping. I um, need to say that we're having a new contest, which Shea Butters posted about on the Facebook page. We are? Yes. Apparently... <laughs> 
Just something you and Shay are keeping no, from me? No, you've forgotten about it already, which is why I need to bring it up. This bun is too tight. Listen, Jordan Ampersand, our critic at large, has a tendency to have accidents whenever he leaves the studio or when you guys are on location doing reports. I just think that if you're that stupid, things just happen to they, you. They do. Somebody should, like, should just keep an eye on that one. They do. And so we're not going to tell people what happened to Jordan at the end of each sketch. We're, we're going to invite them to guest, guest. Guess, excuse me, based on the sounds. What's he's like, Julie? <laughs> okay, we're going to um, do some diction classes. I'll and tell then that gonna... story later. Yeah, tell that story. Um, it's a great time to tell that story uh, in America. <laughs> in the middle of a In the middle of a racial controversy, controversy. yeah. Um, okay, so the point is this. The, our party people need to guess what happened to Jordan. I don't think anybody guessed correctly from last week. Last week after his report, he burned himself on a candle and his shirt was so flat. It went up in flames immediately and he ran out of the studio. Yeah, I think it was made out of entirely petroleum products. Okay. It was sort of a mist rather than an actual fabric. Okay, but nobody guessed correctly, so nobody wins the prize that we haven't thought of So yet. you're all losers. So you're all Congratulations. losers. Congratulations. Once again. But you will have another opportunity this week because I'm being told there was another accident in the yeah, report he reported. Sadly, I don't know how you can disaster-proof the world for somebody who's just really too stupid to... I'm surprised he can find his way to the studio on a regular basis. He's usually driven by whoever he slept with the night before. Um, but <laughs> listen... Dumped out front, I believe, is the... Uh, we have a guest tonight, other than Jordan Ampersand and other than Miss Joan L. Sands. Yes. We do. Full-time Wait. film freak Jack Morrissey is Our back. resident expert on just about everything. In fact, everything. Absolutely. If I have a question, I like to ask Jack, because even if he doesn't know the answer, I'm sure that I'll like the answer that I get. Well, it's kind of just like you. I mean, it's probably not true, but it's so entertaining. Right? That's right. really the main thing. Absolutely. Like, in the end, what difference does it make to me? I won't even remember that I asked soon enough. Uh, speaking of you getting things maybe wrong. Maybe. Uh, we had an incident this afternoon that we're referring to as Toboggan Gate. Oh, my God. It was really, it was a huge controversy. We ran a, we ran an <laughs> ad. Uh, uh, yes, CNN and Don Lemon are both tweeting about it currently. I hope so. Um, we ran an ad uh, for DeBag Designs. And it had a line in that about a douchebag wearing a toboggan on their head. That's correct. And uh, somebody called you out about the definition of a toboggan. They said, how is he wearing a sled on his head? Which I think would actually be funny, but a toboggan is actually a hat. I'm not sure which came first. I assume that it's the hat that you wear while you're riding a sled. Right. but maybe it's not. Maybe I, I it think was a, they named the, the sled after the hat that you wear. I have no idea, but it's those hats that you, if you Google douchebag toboggan and hat, a picture of Ryan Lochte wearing one of these right, on his head right. comes up. So I think that's pretty much clear. And normally they have a poof, but not always. A palm. A yeah, palm. not always. Lately they don't really anymore with the, the guys wearing them. And and I'd just like to say that this is the sort of thing that I'd like to see us discuss more Absolutely. on the pages of the Dinner Party Absolutely. Show. Absolutely. This is all about lean back. Yeah. Not lean forward. We're leaning back. Otherwise known as calm the fuck down, Twitter. (laughs) Calm the fuck down. But in the meantime, we have a report from Breck Artery. Is it about hats? No, he's not talking about hats. He's talking about free speech. Oh, well, you know, I guess that's about sort of whatever hat. We take you to Breck Artery, live from the National Mall in Washington, D.C. Breck? This is Breck Artery, live from our nation's capital, because I was going to be in town anyway for another reason, so we figured, what the hell? Tonight, free speech in America. After years of being a country where people are free to say pretty much whatever they want to, we suddenly seem to be confused about what that means. 
While the only exception that this reporter has ever heard of for the right to free speech is screaming fire in a crowded theater, when was the last time you heard of someone being prosecuted for that? Recently, though, free speech has become subject to the Prejean exception, named for Carrie Prejean, moron and beauty pageant contestant. And no, after some debate in the newsroom, we decided that was not necessarily redundant based on the Vanessa Williams corollary. As you recall, Miss Prejean is the dipshit who thought it would be a good idea to espouse her personal prejudice against a group of Americans whose right to marry she felt was any of her business while she was attempting to answer a question posed to her during the final round of a process that requires only that you look good while not falling down. It was, of course, Miss Prejean's right to stand up for her hateful and indefensible beliefs. When, however, her hate speech cost Prejean not only the pageant crown, but also her reputation and career potential, she became enraged and began accusing others of not allowing her her right to free speech, even though no one attempted to stop her from making a further fool of herself by doing so. No, Miss Prejean became the namesake of what we at TDPS News call the Prejean exception because she was upset that other people also had the right to free speech and as such felt free to comment on what a bigoted moron she was. At the time, Prejean seemed an exception, but has instead become a trendsetter by being, if not the first, one of the most noteworthy pinheads to become angry when other people assert their rights to free speech. Marco Rubio got upset when his assertion that other people should not enjoy the same rights he himself enjoys was identified as bigoted by others. Others. Rubio then made matters worse for himself by asserting that his expressed desire to take rights away from other Americans was not bigoted, even though it was more or less the definition of bigotry, which is slavish devotion to one's own views and beliefs and the intolerant treatment of a group or minority. Rachel Maddow went ballistic over the Justice Department's investigation of journalists' involvement in the leaking of government documents, claiming it was an official attempt to quash free speech and free press. Then later, in the same report, Maddow decried the leaking of government tax records to journalists as conservative media overreach. Glenn Greenwald, the journalist who publicly facilitated the leaking of stolen top-secret documents by a wanted criminal, was outraged when asked a question he didn't like by another journalist. The city of Boston went apeshit recently when the photo of a criminal monster that had appeared on Facebook and the New York Times also appeared on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine, proving at least that more people in Boston read Rolling Stone magazine than the New York Times. To their credit, Rolling Stone does not appear to have questioned Boston's totally God-given right to go apeshit over the photo being used on the cover of their magazine. But you get the point. The problem with the issue of free speech is that it rarely comes up surrounding something that we want to hear. No one has problems with someone else's right to tell us that we look great this morning. However, hearing the truth or simply something we don't agree with is often a lot harder to take. Larry Flint, for instance, did not wind up in court over legal questions of free speech concerning his colorful travel descriptions. Perhaps the best rule of thumb when it comes to questioning someone else's right to free speech is simply to shut the fuck up. That's what we here at the Dinner Party Show News like to call the artery bypass. Until next time, this is Breck Artery wishing you equal rights, good night, and good dinner. 
You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. The Dinner Party Show will be the judge of that. Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And our guest is here, full-time film freak Jack Morrissey. We have to put a stop to that description. I, I don't want to see that again. Okay, well, you're going to have to talk to Kevin Smith. <laughs> who wrote it. Who wrote it for Enough your podcast. Enough already with that. Enough. Team Jack, marketing is a bitch. How long did All he right, spend Kevin, on did that? did you hear that? Two puffs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. Jack Morrissey coming out freak. swinging. That's I ridiculous. like Man About Tinseltown. That's my favorite. Uh, you had some other oh, ones. Bon vivant. Bon, bon vivant. We rejected some copy describing you in our newsletter that we thought, no, that's not Jack. He's not that bubbly and vivacious. I can't remember what fun. it was. Oh, Just you're what? fun. Oh, no. You're fun, but in a very special and rarefied kind of way. You came How in- many... Christopher Rice yes. or my best friend Eric Shaw Quinn <laughs> parties have I been invited to in the last 12 months the same number as you dear listener <laughs> zero because this I am no is fun our party this is, this okay. is our party and you've been here twice your second time ever That's since true. we started doing this show we have called off all other parties because this is the party that takes all our yeah, energy I'm afraid we haven't even been to anybody else's party I was at a party last night right which yes. I wasn't invited to. Thanks, Sarah. <laughs> That's Are you true. single, my best friend, Eric Shockley? Yeah, I am. Yes. Well, then you should have been invited. Right? Once you pair off. Uh, you know what? Everybody Nobody wants you. Everybody there was a couple except for me. It was really, really weird. Yeah. Couples yeah. don't invite single people. What kind of party people. was that, Chris? Uh, it was a lemon party. Do you know what a lemon party is? Uh, does it have to do with lemons and fan fiction? No. Oh, God, not Do you know what a lemon that. is in fanfic? No. What is a lemon in that fan fiction? That is a fiction? sex scene. Oh, oh, a well, lemon party is an old people's sex party, isn't yes, it? That's it what is. I. Is that is. true? That is what it is. Yeah, but, it was Thirty Rock made were. a joke out of it because her name was Liz Lemon, and they kept her parents came that's in town right. and kept using the phrase <laughs> "lemon party." That's and, right. And somebody. That's how America. So those found the rest out. of us who actually knew what that meant. I like how we're we've found this little sort of people through the. My best friend Eric Sharkwin and I have an eyeliner. Yeah, eye there line. we go. There now I can he actually see you. Can you all still hear me? The the microphone is in the way. But let's jump back. You were at a lemon party last night, Chris. No, Rice. I was Would at that a, have been. I was at a lesbian's birthday party. Why did you call it a lemon party? I was kidding. Oh. I'm very. Oh, I'm very comic. <laughs> I make. I make jokes for the show. Yeah, it's we'll suppo- it's supposed to be a funny show. It's supposed to, to be. But, but you know what people say to us when they've listened to the show? Friends of ours, they're like, "You guys sound like you're having fun." <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, I hope you are too, because <laughs> we're wow. going to start charging twenty bucks for a podcast." That's no, right, no, I'm kidding. No, we're not. I'm no. kidding. We're not charging anything. But it would be nice if we could get an advertiser or something. Absolutely. Doesn't anybody want Maybe to advertise? A personal lubricant. Who or... wants to sponsor? Sir, the dinner party show. I think Jack Morrissey has a film he wants to talk about. Yes, but uh, that film, which will not be buying advertising on your show, I'm quite certain. Yeah. It's a porn film? Um, Jack, are we disturbing you? You're on your cell phone currently. Well, we? I'm teeing up a <laughs> Jack is I'm teeing busy. up a subject for you. Ah. <laughs> because we're, and we're I'm dry searching my email to find ten it. Ten minutes in, and the show we've run dry. I'm on fully topic. present. He's looking up somebody who actually interests him. No, did we all hear about, did you read the book um, about the guy who, speaking of uh, sex addicts, which we either did speak of on air or did not. (laughs) We weren't, Um, but okay. (laughs) We kind of always are on the periphery talking about sex addicts, so Did you guys read Scotty Bowers' book? 
No. No, no. Do you know who he is? Yes, he was well, the, the escort, we'll escort to the stars for many years. He was a male oh, hustler. Right. Or a male prostitute. Well, I love that story. He had the, the gas station or something from the, locally, I, here locally. I don't know But about he was the a local, station. he was Mr. Hot Stuff back in the day. Yeah, and I think would broker assignations for movie stars, studio executives. Yeah. Um, if assignations is the right term. How that's, the right term. Um, that's the right and term. And yeah, he owned a gas station. Note to self, uh, read this, Eric. And is uh, still alive and kicking. And we were invited to his 90th birthday party. Good right. for I him. I thought maybe that was the party you were at last night. No. Because uh, I don't even know anymore about it. I don't know when no, that party I was, is or whether or not we're going. I was at a lesbian's birthday party. My lesbian friend who I went to high school with. And I met two um, girls there who I think will be new girlfriends of mine. And they said, they just want me to come to their office for lunch one day and, you know, just be gay. And I was like, well, I don't know if you know this, but I'm Anne Rice's son, and that's going to cost you a lot of cash. (laughs) That's like, (laughs) I make a lot of money. Plus, he's gay pretty much all the time. You don't have to wait for lunch. And he's Anne Rice's son pretty much all the time. I'm Anne Rice's gay son at your office. That's like $1,000 right there. Right. Listen, um, no, we posted. Watch out, Paris Hilton. We posted. Watch out, Perez Hilton. (laughs) We posted. Hey. I'm trying to keep us on track here if there is a track. There is no track. At the dinner party show, there's your a track. Your partner, your partner in yep. crime in life is director Bill Condon. Yep, Oscar winner for Gods and Monsters. Yep, uh, director of the final two installments of the Twilight franchise. Yep, Breaking Dawn. At Breaking Dawn, and his next film, the trailer went live all across the internet a few days ago, two a few weeks, weeks ago. ago. The Fifth Estate. That's right. It is looks a, really like yeah. what a hot topic. Benedict Cumberbatch plays Julian Assange. And I'd watch anything with him in it. Founder of WikiLeaks.org. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, it'll, we're opening the Toronto Film Festival in like five weeks, and then it's in theaters on Friday, August, uh, October 10th, I think. And this is a DreamWorks movie. This is actually yeah, is. a studio DreamWorks. film. Uh-huh. It sounds indie, yeah. but it's got a big muscle behind it. Yeah, it's yeah. such a it is such it a really It has a big muscle behind it. And that muscle is Bill Condon. <laughs> that muscle is Stacy Snyder and Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. That's a nice muscle. Um It's a it's such a like It's very timely. Because it's like there's Obviously. this whole new thing that's happening. We've got the Snowden thing going on. Right. Like, this whole sense of, like, Fifth Estate, mm, is this really reporting? Is this really whistleblowing? Like, right. I think being a spy is not a bad thing. I think it's just another job. Okay. And I think that this is more akin to espionage than it is to... Than it is to um with concern than it is to uh, you know like I, I I think that it, I think we we are going to have to find a new place because of the internet because of our communication with each other the immediacy right. and the ability that we have to communicate with each other in any way that we want to right we're going to have to find a new way of describing and including in our society a place for people to Whistleblow. To whistleblow, if that's what we want to call it. I right. don't really think it's whistleblowing. It's more akin to it's me really to being revolutionary. It, it it reminds me more of Nelson Mandela than it right. does of a, of a whistleblower. It is somebody right. saying, this is what the government is doing, right. and it's legal because that's what the laws say, but I still don't agree with it. Apartheid was legal, but it was still a terrible Correct. thing to do, Correct. and he stood up for it's it. Activism. To me, it's to activism. me, it's a much more right. activist-based kind of communication. Yeah, hacktivism is a wonderful sort of... A, a, a portmanteau that includes all of the different ideas, but it creates this 
really fascinating new conversation, which I, which right. I think we're trying to shove into old cubby holes and and have a different have the wrong debate about. To me, right, which is what makes it such an interesting topic. Agreed. How do you? <laughs> well, okay, so How do you being a terrible. Uh, one second. Who? What's the t- the tagline? Is you are the fifth estate. That's the movie's right. tagline. What does that mean? It's a bit of um. That's a bit of movie marketing, honestly. I will tell you that technically, if you look up Fifth Estate at Wikipedia, um, I'm going to steal 15 seconds here. Okay, you the, will read the following. Okay, this is how Wikipedia defines the Fifth okay. Estate. Okay, the term has no fixed meaning, but may be used to describe any class or group in society other than the First Estate, which is the. We're making this participatory now. Who is the first estate? Eric Shaw Quinn. I would the, assume that it would be the media, the free press. No, that's press. the clergy. Oh, the, oh I the see. Clergy. So we're going back to the French definition. The second Whoa. estate would be the uh, the gentry. Would be Christopher Rice, the I, nobility. The nobility, the, no- the gentry, <laughs> the nobility. Okay, the so. gay nobility. Okay. The third estate would be. I would guess the monarch. Billy McIntyre, the commoners. Oh, oh, right. <laughs> poor Billy McIntyre. <laughs> He's happily that estate of that estate. Oh, I'm Billy McIntyre my... is currently serving as tea in Ninth the studio. Ninth grade social okay. studies and shooting test. YouTube I'm video, flunking. I guess. Oh. And the fourth estate is the press. Now that's the, the press. press. So the fifth estate is the fifth estate. Uh, the term has been used to describe civil society, including trade unions. It's been used to describe the poor or the proletariat. It can also be used to describe media outlets, including the blogosphere, that see themselves in opposition to the fourth estate mainstream media. Okay. Um, that makes sense. W- someone named William Dutton, who you might know of, I don't, uh, but Wikipedia does, has argued that the fifth estate is not simply the blogging community, uh, nor an extension of the media, but, quote, networked individuals, unquote, enabled by the Internet in ways that can hold the other four estates accountable. Okay. So that's the classic definition, or right. the, um, like the, the definition essence. as of today of like the fifth estate. Like a quintessential kind of, a, yeah. an, an indefinable fifth essence of, right. of right. The, the way in which And I think that will be society. a big op-ed discussion around the release of the movie. Right. In addition to everybody's personal politics on Julian Assange, well, WikiLeaks, Bradley Manning, etc. Right? Yeah. Also are, just the fifth estate. Everybody exactly. has a certain... We're yeah. going to take a short break here and then we will be back with Jack Morrissey talking the fifth estate and the Hollywood estate and the fact that he thinks I'm nobility and all that good stuff. And <laughs> it's, the, Scotty it's, Bowers, the yeah, it's, it's the tiara. It's the tiara. You got your, it's your alligator clip. <laughs> it's your right. toboggan. We'll be back here right away, right away uh, here on the Dinner Party Show. The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Soup's on. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, and we're the co-hosts of The Dinner Party Show. Would you like to be one of our party people? That's our affectionate nickname for the folks who interact with us during our live shows using our Facebook fan page. That's right. Shea Butters, our somewhat loyal manservant, is always manning our Facebook page and sending us your questions and comments so we can respond to them live on the air. If you'd like to play along with the rest of us, be sure to like The Dinner Party Show's page on Facebook. On SoundCloud, we post 
host the work of all of our deranged sponsors and special correspondents, and we do so in a format that's easy to share with all of your friends on social media. So if you like a sketch, head over to SoundCloud and spread it all over your world. You can follow us on Twitter at Dinner Party Show to enjoy favorite quotes from each livecast and breaking Dinner Party Show news. And don't forget about our YouTube channel where you can enjoy backstage videos and breathless show recaps from your over-caffeinated hosts. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, and we're thrilled to have you at our party. And now it's time for Eric's rash pronouncement of the week. When I said I was in favor of legalizing marijuana, I didn't mean I was willing to put up with the smell. This has been Eric's Rash Pronouncement of the Week. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. And now it's time for The Soup, brought to you by your perpetually victimized gay brother. I will have you know that I am writing a play about all of you. The Dinner Party Show. Keep listening if you've got the stomach for it. And we're back, and we're reenacting the tennis court oath of 1789 here. And our What is the tennis court oath? It is part of the whole... I was remembering it... it I'm not going to go to read it up to uh, to refamiliarize myself. Only with my the guest gets ancient to read history. aloud from Wikipedia on air, putting all <laughs> listeners to sleep. I just, yeah, no, no, no. I think that was really because, like, I thought that the Fifth Estate was the press. It's it's that time in the French Revolution. It was when they went to Versailles and they Wasn't actually met with the monarch, and they were trying to have a peaceful resolution. In the in the midst of what turned out to be a very bloody revolution, and yeah. they uh, took an oath agreeing to create some sort of parliament or some sort of right. conciliatory right. council. I can't remember exactly. Look it up on Google. It's a it's a very pop, a very familiar and very well known, not by me apparently, but uh, <laughs> by Google and historians out there. Uh, element of the French Revolution from which all the other declensions of the estates, the first, right. second, third, declensions. Um, We're on that from. course of the dinner party where right. we're There's tucking sugar. into our weighty Listen. subjects. <laughs> Jack, I, Jack this has is a, content, a lot folks. of uh, comments about how I'm conducting myself. We're operating with a new outline tonight because your schedule was so impossible. Right. Bill Condon is returning from New York yes. to Los Angeles for 72 hours. Yes. And Chris only reads the first text message that you send him. Oh, let me what, tell you my what favorite thing that Chris does. does. Let me tell you what Chris, Chris sees does. Chris headlines. gets up at 3.30 in the afternoon on a not, Sunday. I will not have these issues Chris confused. sees headlines this like Link-Bake headlines that he brought up earlier. And right. he reads them and then... That's it? He I, doesn't read any I, of the I make rest the, of the announcement article. at dinner. I'm like, there's plague in the California woods. And there you say, oh, really? Where? Where well, what? And I go, right. I, oh, fuck it. I didn't read the rest of the fucking article. Yeah. I don't know. I just yeah. read headlines on the Huffington Post. I just Post. looked at the photograph on the front page of that section. The plague story is bullshit. Plague has not killed anybody in America, in, in the Western world, in well, many, many years. But it doesn't and, mean we shouldn't, like, 
I don't know, spray the Stay out of the forest, for fuck's sake. I, I would absolutely do I don't a do a radio that. show for squirrels, all Everyone right? is we, screaming. We address enough communities. We don't need to include the squirrel Fuck community Fuck the squirrels, well. man. But no, at, to get back to my point, we had to redo our whole show to accommodate you. And it's fine, because you're a regular, which means you've been here twice. I'm irregular. So that's good. You're an irregular He's guest. He's one of the unusual suspects. And uh-huh. your partner, Bill Condon, just finished work on... Um, <laughs> that was a phrase don't before. It was a movie. <laughs> yeah. The fifth... Yeah. You are the usual suspect. (laughs) Let's not go there. So, what are you doing next? Yeah, exactly. What's next for you? What's next for you? (laughs) What's next for me? What's next for him? What's next for him is what's next for me. Okay. You're like the publicity wing of Team Condon. Yeah, I think it's going to be something that will uh, reunite Mr. Misters McKellen and Condon for the first time in oh, 15 years after Gods and Monsters. Would love to see that happen yeah, again. I don't know when they're going to announce guys. it, but I believe it's closing. Well, we hope that you'll come back to tell us about it when it does I, come back together. Of course together. I will. As long as Eric Sharquin continues to make these glazed cookies. Yeah, let's talk yeah. about your behavior when you entered the studio. So you have this lovely plate of finger sandwiches. <laughs> and with a garnish. With a, what is that? Tarragon garnish? You picked dill. them dill. up. You picked them up in both hands and set them down on our side of the table. That's right. And then so I began that I could reach eating the finger sandwiches the and Eric said, those are for Jack. And I was like, well, he clearly doesn't want them. <laughs> so like I'm going to eat them. married couple in here. I don't eat think them. that's clear at all. Or Waylon and Matt. In there. Oh, that was a low blow. <laughs> wow. I don't, don't even ever ask bring who's up. There's a lot of Palm Springs up in here. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Listen. Does that mean I have a stick up my butt? No. No, it means you're, you're whatever. I'm not even touching it's that. It's the bun. One. It's the Marjorie Main bun. It's here your we hair. Are. Here we are. There's the hair. There's what we're talking about. Yeah. I just I'm posing little, uh, for the camera here in the studio, so later it'll be posted on the internet. You can see my so once a month vote for yourself. Once a month, we invite Jack Morrissey in to cross his arms and growl things That's about our true. studio. We're gonna uh, we're going to. It's, no, it's your contract now. We're gonna have oh, you come in. This is the new thing. This so, is the, yeah, curmudgeon. Resident it's not curmudgeon. Right, exactly. I like that. The resident that could be cunt. <laughs> Sorry, we do not use that c word. We don't. Or is thanks for telling me <laughs> we're so everybody is so delicate at the dinner party show it's a very oh, my fragile. neighbor uh there's a big william morris agent who lives down the street who will not be named who refers to that as uh i dropped it i was like yeah or like the c word he goes <laughs> what do you mean the cunt word <laughs> Listen, the greatest the british have a different relationship to oh that my word. God. they have a different definition of that what? word and i only ever use that word with the british definition which could apply <laughs> much like the fifth estate to anybody <laughs> yes, like they use it like to say the the old deer. Yeah. Poor old cunt, they'll say. Poor like, old cunt. I, when I first moved, I lived in England for a while, and when I first moved there, it took a while to get used to the use of that term as this sort of friendly pejorative as, as yeah. opposed to, uh, yeah. You know was, who originated the term? No. That would be... Read oh, aloud. I love that. It's Have the you best. posted that? The most people are cunts by Dr. Seuss. It is my favorite. He it's the greatest posted, children's yes, book maybe, ever. I'm maybe, sorry. Maybe, maybe Shea Butters can is, post it on the dinner party by Dr. show. Dr. Seuss. Is this a gag? Tell me this no, is a gag. No, I, I just love it. I'm being handed. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see? I saw it's that earlier. Book you tweeted cover. that Look, earlier. I'm sure it'll be on the dinner party Twitter. So on, yes, look on Twitter. Most people uh, are cunts Shea, by Dr. Seuss. 
post that on the yeah send it to the dinner party show and uh, and Shay will post y- it. Y'all for have the, been the into the wine. But... I will say uh, <laughs> catering announcement. She's in her cups. Catering <laughs> announcement from the dinner party show. We no longer carry Russian products at the dinner party That's show. Right. Oh yes. really? No because more of Russian what's going vodka, on with no more uh, Russian any caviar. No more what's Russian. What's going on over in the Klingon because Empire? You can be arrested <laughs> just for being in favor the of gay gays. rights over there. You don't even have to yeah. be gay. Just being feeling pleasantly about gay people. You heard the announcement to today, right? No, what, what has he done like two now? Two hours ago on CNN. The official replacing McDonald's is the official fast food vendor for those Olympic Games will be Chick-fil-A. <gasps> Whoa. Are you kidding? Yeah, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Chris was all ready. You can I see that. I was ready to go. You, Chris was bastards. coiling. You know, I kind of hit a moment a few nights ago where I was driving through Hollywood and I passed Chick-fil-A and I was like, is it okay yet? Like, because I've never eaten there. Let and me I give you some advice as a anything. junk food, as yeah. a junk food junkie. It's it delicious. is. It's. I think it's kind of sort of okay, even though on the date of the Supreme Court announcement, uh, S. Truett, Kathy's son Dan, who is now running the company, did send out a little anti-gay tweet, basically saying, I think something along the lines of, "And Jesus wept." Ugh. And then deleted the tweet about three minutes later. But by then, of course, Everybody. all of the yes, all of the, well, the gay estate following Mike his Huckabee. Twitter handle. Mike Huckabee did tweet the day Jesus wept. Mike Huckabee actually tweeted the words "Jesus wept" wow. on the day of the ruling. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's and Dan up. Savage tweeted back, "So did I." Yeah, exactly. I, tweeted, I wept as well. But to finish, Chris, yes, it's kind of sort of okay, but. Um, McDonald's has a southern fried chicken sandwich mm. that completely ripped off the Chick-fil-A is it original good? sandwich recipe that, in my experience, is, is consistently better than what you get at Chick-fil-A. Then fuck Chick-fil-A. So just go to McDonald's, <laughs> to dude. Jane. Yeah, just Jane go to Lynch, McDonald's. fuck Chick-fil-A. I'll go to McDonald's. I have a McDonald's very close to yeah. me. Yeah. And, and I'm going to say right that like it's street. interesting It's a good sandwich. You also have a dead movie theater very close to you. Let's not get, let's not give my address out to uh, everyone. That but. would be... <laughs> <laughs> Let's turn our eyes to the weekend box office, as we like to do when Jack Morrissey oh, is good. here. No, I actually, I'm not up on oh, it. Oh, who did, yeah, who did what this uh, well, weekend? How the, did it the go? The story is this, that Wolverine was expected to do huge, and it kind of didn't. It did uh, very poor domestically, but well yeah. internationally. It's the same Which story the we're hearing formula, over and over again. Pacific right? Rim, not so good domestically. The summer formula. Huge internationally. Um, do you think this franchise is in trouble? It seems to have these, like, X-Men First Class, also a movie that didn't do very well. Here's my line on this. Do I get to talk for, like, 60 to 90? You have the next Go. six to seven Okay, hours. here's the thing. If you do your due diligence and whether or not the figures are accurate at boxofficemojo.com, nonetheless, that has emerged as the sort of go-to site to get both domestic and international uh, box office information. So just spend a half an hour, go to boxofficemojo.com, look up the total worldwide theatrical gross, which of course doesn't include video on demand and airplanes and Blu-rays and DVDs, etc. But look up the total worldwide gross for the first three X-Men movies, X-Men, X2, X-Men 3, The Last Stand, Wolverine Origins, X-Men First Class, and now we have these numbers coming in. 
and then go look up the worldwide box office numbers on any of the Iron Man films, Thor, Captain America, or needless to say, the Avengers. And I don't necessarily think the X-Men franchise is in trouble per se. I just do think that even when Tom Rothman was running Fox, which is no longer the case, and they were throwing all the marketing money and all the marketing muscle behind the X-Men installments over the last, whatever, 12 years that they've been making them, uh, I think you do have to say that they're not, none of those grosses. You would be shocked to know that, for instance, the the sort of worldwide cume for X-Men 3, which was the best of, the best cume of the, the first three of the so-called, you know, the first trilogy right. mm-hmm. is still only kind of on a par with like the worldwide gross for Captain America. Right. In other words, Marvel, who is now owned and distributing obviously through Disney, right. Which... Cons- is consistently doing better with their, their own, with their own characters that they still retain ownership of and therefore control both the develop, not both, they control the development, production and marketing of all those films. So I do think I think I think what's happening now with X Men: Days of Future Past, which is the right. next installment that's currently in production in Montreal with Brian Singer back in the director's chair mm-hmm. after he created the franchise for with X Men and then came back uh, came back into the sequel. I think that the new administration, yeah, the, um, the presence at Comic Con was huge. They sent all of those stars of to Comic Con this of year. Of course, so there's it, a new administration at up. Fox. I think the new administration is very eager to prove its mettle. Uh-huh. And I think the new administration in Century City is looking over the hill to Burbank, where the Avengers came from. Mm-hmm. And I think Which, they want that gross. I'll bet. And I think uh, what a lot of people are telling a lot of other people is we'll take the entire cast of the original X-Men trilogy. We'll take the entire cast pretty much of... X-Men First Class will add in 15 new characters. That The casting announcements sort of were continuing to roll out even two right, weeks ago. Right. We're going to throw a bunch of people using mutant powers against each other, mm-hmm. against giant robots in the X-Men universe. These are called Sentinels. Can't be giant robots. And we are robots. going to try to at least rival the massive global juggernaut that was the Avengers right. movie right. and that is the stage that is being set for next summer in late May. Okay. Did you see this interview with Lucas and Spielberg where they said that yeah. basically one, there, there may well be a summer where one studio bets the house on three movies of this size. They yeah. all fail and that studio will literally go under. Did you think they were just being apocalyptic? Did you see this, Eric? A little bit. No. They gave this interview where they said, Spielberg said that Lincoln almost became an HBO film. Not true. That, that's the claim. You don't think that's true? You, are you that calling that's, Steven Spielberg a liar? I don't think that's well, true. Well, Eric always talks about the almost effect. Like, well, here we go. I almost <laughs> drowned, or I almost was hit by a car. We no, you killed. were either hit by a car or you were or not you hit by a car. But what about so... the end of that sentence? Because that is the, that is the beginning of the... The of that idea in that speech, that Lincoln was almost made for HBO. It's true. Go ahead and ask HBO. I believe it's the second line. Right. And the third line did not make it into the speech, which was 
before I went ahead and greenlit it at my studio. Right. <laughs> right, right. Absolutely. With myself directing it. Absolutely. I don't think there was a chance. And then I decided age. not to do it that way. But, because but there, I am, no. after all, Come Steven on. Spielberg, and I could have right. written a check to pay for the yeah. film myself. But we were talking about Behind the Candelabra, which it's true HBO did pay for. Did fund the development, right. production, and... When the studios wouldn't, when the studios th- were. That is it. a movie that was received as rapturously at Cannes as any other. And I hear, I don't know this for a fact, but I do hear that... I have heard anecdotally that Behind the Cam- Candelabra was released theatrically in certain foreign territories. So oh, yeah? even though HBO paid to produce it, only here in the States are we having to watch it. On TV in other yes. countries, you could go see this it movie will be, by it will be Steven released Soderbergh. Theatrically in other countries, yes, that's it's true. It's a in really, really good film. A surprisingly yeah. good film. We raved about yeah. it here. It's I, great. You were it's great. Pure pleasure. As well. Yeah, just yeah. As was Bill Condon. Amazing. Couldn't get enough of it. Amazing. I was yeah. and I was surprised because I really thought it would be fun and trashy, but it was really a much better movie than yeah. that. It was really it's a, a good really script, really and the great performances piece of work. Great, and, and you'll see this. You'll see. You'll see how great a piece of work it was as you watch to see it, its performance during award season. I bet it will tear up yeah. during award season. Just I think Michael phenomenal. Douglas is the one yeah. to beat yeah. That is for the Golden really, Globes and really for the Emmy. Really phenomenal movie. I, I yeah. was really impressed. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and unexpectedly so. I, I planned to watch it, but I just thought it was going to be, you know, yeah. skeezy and but whatever. do you but... guys think there's anything to this idea that studios just aren't making small, intimate movies anymore? That yes. everything is Pacific Rim or yes. nothing? But and we're that, in the and summer that Pacific of the... Rim has turned into a year-round business. But we're in the summer of The Conjuring and The Purge, right? Two movies that did really well, that didn't cost yeah. very much to make. Both of them Both of them intimate dramas. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> Both of them sucked. <laughs> but not not let's blow up Tokyo, you know? No, but horror not is Godzilla always a good remake. bet. And cheap horror is always, yeah. will never go out of. It doesn't cost very much and it doesn't need stars. Chris, if you're going to write that horror script, just write a I, cheap, I wrote cheap a to produce horror friend. script. It's coming out October 15th called The Heavens Rise. And you've been going to do Squeal for years. I want to do my movie about pigs. Yeah, it's called, it's about a, you know, it's pigs. It's not where I thought it was going, Let me, let's, let's start here. It's, 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 <laughs> if you two can just give me a minute for my pitch. Squeal. We like to talk, but we'll be quiet for a second. Squeal is about, uh, you know, pigs have giant corkscrew penises. Uh-huh. And so I thought, what about a secret lab, a, a big pharma lab that's developing a male fertility drug or male potency drug that's experimenting on pigs and makes their brains bigger and they get loose with these they're giant pigs with giant corkscrew penises right and they you know they just get on your back and they go to town and the line is squeal the other white meat is pissed billy mcintyre i'm saying this on our show but this is my idea i have registered this with the writers guild if anyone steals my pig idea you're gonna well you'll have this record we're recording this so this will be a record on at a particular time and and i'll finish with this and then i'll let you two go back to your your highfalutin (laughs) talk and we'll let you go back to eating all the sammies but they only go after men. <laughs> so a group of girls go out there, right. there and they realize that if they lure all their horrible ex-boyfriends out, the pigs will literally, you know. Rape them. Rape them. Split yeah. them. I think America's ready. Right. I really do. For, for a, pig a movie. stupid movie about raping pigs. Right. And it would be cheap to produce. And God knows you couldn't get stars to be in it. So I the, think the, the pigs would, would be require some CGI. I don't want to see just rubber pigs. I, right. I want to see some CGI pigs. In <laughs> doesn't, the sound, doesn't this sound like a, uh, like a, rubber a pig. pitch for the... 
studio behind Sharknado. Absolutely. We Is there a studio behind Sharknado? Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. What must the pitch for that have been? Like, I just... I think I, you saw the pitch. I really <laughs> do. Like, I cannot... Like, it's one of those things... The, the, assistant, there was a lot. Really? the assistant typed the script as they were pitching yeah. it. Right. And yeah. then the sharks go, here, and it's a shark. And it's, yeah, yeah. Tornadoes. This is produced, I yeah. think, by a production company starts, called The Asylum, who... Just cranks love these it. out. Yeah. I, yeah, sci-fi has literally created their own. This used to be at the drive-in. Their own drive-in yeah. movie franchise is yeah. on Sharknado sci-fi now. is having screenings at actual theaters this weekend. Now they I are, believe. yeah, yeah. Yep. Just because of word of mouth, not because of like I can't like I think people just like saying Sharknado and that I think scene it's completely where Ian and the view and the ratings cuts reflect out that. Of, Fascinatingly, yeah. there were two side-by-side charts um, measuring. Activity on Twitter versus actual viewership. Right. You could look this up. <laughs> and here's what here's what they both were. Did he just burp? Oh no. no. Okay. I cleared no. my throat. I didn't even that clear my throat me. really. Don't don't. I just swallowed. Christopher bile. belches like um, it's a dinner party. I'm eating. Um, actual viewership for the so-called Red Wedding on Game of Thrones. Right. Obviously, actual viewership through the roof. Yeah. Act- activity on Twitter during those hours during which that episode was initially broadcast strong, not excessively so. Uh-huh. Over here in Sharknado country, <laughs> activity Sharknado on Twitter during country. the hours in which Sharknado premiered on a Saturday night right. on Sci-Fi Channel. Twitter activity t- blew up. Through Actual the viewership what? S- 17 people. Right. <laughs> I really, no one saw it. And they just all wanted yeah. to get on Twitter and talk about it. All right. Well, we're still here. We are still here with Jack Morrissey, and I've had some wine. No, I haven't. Uh, we are She's now. In her cups. We haven't forgotten <laughs> about our special correspondence. He's snorting sandwiches off a mirror. We now have exactly. a live report from Mrs. Jonelle Sams, <laughs> our relationship expert. We're going to go live to Jonelle, and then we'll be back here with Jack Sharknado and that Eric guy and Billy McIntyre. Billy McIntyre on camera. It's time once again for the Dinner Party Show's homemade relationship advice with Jonelle Sams. Hi, this is Jonelle Sams with Homemade Relationship Advice. If you have a relationship question, you can send it to me, care of the Dinner Party Show's Facebook fan page or at jonelle at thedinnerpartyshow.com. This week on Homemade Relationship Advice, I'm shocked to admit that modern society has finally done something to improve on relationships. I know, I was stunned too, but listen to this. Dear Joe Nell, my boyfriend and I met on a dating site for Christian singles. Well, there's one good thing already. Who knew there were Christians on the internet? But she goes on. Jonelle, he is the perfect man for me. He is always there for me with the right word, a comforting bit of scripture on a bad day, and just the right mixture of romance and friendship. It was hardly any time after we first met up on omjesus.com, our matchmaker Jesus, that I knew I was in love. Two wonderful years have flown past with never a cross or harsh word between us. All that changed this past week. I've finished my associate's degree at Tainted River Technical College, and I've already got a job as a spot welder in Bossier City, where my sweetheart lives. 
The problem, Jonelle, is that now that we're going to be living in the same city, my boyfriend wants to meet IRL. Listeners, I had to look that up, but it means in real life, just so you know. She continues. Jonelle, it's been two perfect years, and I'm afraid that if we take our relationship to the next level and meet each other, that things won't be the same. What should I do? Signed, High Tech Heaven. Well, I have to tell you all, and no offense intended to the dinner party show and other wonderful exceptions, but I have always felt strongly that the internet was primarily a source of evil in the world. I mean, wasn't it an apple that Satan offered to Adam and Eve? But honestly, I'm going to have to break with my strong personal commitment to blind faith and think about this one. High tech, I have been married for 23 blissful years to my wonderful husband, Merle, and did not think that the internet would be able to offer any improvement to mine or anyone else's relationship. Till now. HD, my heart leaped when I realized that you and your sweetie had been together and perfectly happy for two wonderful years and that you had never even met each other. That truly does sound to me like the perfect relationship. It is not based on physical attraction of any kind. You have found someone who loves you truly for what they have come to believe you are and without being distracted by any of the troublesome details of real life. I have come to understand how my Merle has so many friends that he has met and knows exclusively through the internet. But even my Merle, as up-to-date as it turns out he is, cannot hold a candle up to you and your sweetheart, H.D. For all his embrace of modern technology, Merle is always trooping off to meet this friend or that one who he's met on the Internet. But not you, H.D. You and your man have transcended the troubling need for personal contact of any kind and have come to love one another in your hearts and minds alone. Truly, yours is a love for the modern ages. Your wisdom is an example to us all, H.T., because nothing takes away the man of your dreams faster than waking up to real life. Good luck to you both, and my advice is stay as far away from one another as you can and keep that dream of love alive. Till next time, this is Jonelle Sams with Homemade Relationship Advice. If you have relationship questions, write to Jonelle Care of the Dinner Party Show Facebook page or to Jonelle at thedinnerpartyshow.com. Let's face it, nothing can ruin your day faster than waking up. The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. The dish is served. And now, here once again to do... Oh, who the fuck knows? Really, it's Jordan Ampersand, the dinner party show's critic at large and hardest to ensure special correspondent. Why are you smiling? Because I'm in a good mood. Oh, well, that's a bad sign. Did you run over someone with taste on the way over here? Let's just say I experienced a bit of a personal victory this week, and I'm still excited about it. So don't harsh my buzz, B. Author. Don't bring up that cruise again. Come Sail Away, the special Eric is referring to, is available for download in our show archive or on iTunes, along with all of our past episodes. Leave a good review of The Dinner Party Show on iTunes, and Jordan Ampersand will suck your toes like a thirsty little piglet. I will not either, ew! Do you have a report to give this week or not? Did he call 
me a pig? That's bullshit. If I was an animal, I would be a cute kitten with no body hair, a great tan, and a six-pack. Otherwise known as a living nightmare. You know what? I am not allowing any of this to ruin my good mood. This week, I triumphed over my nemesis, and I'm still enjoying his defeat. You're... What? I refuse to name him. Let's just say he's one of my haters because he's jealous of how fierce I am. And so he tries to cut me down, but I rise up again and again and again. And he's a bitch and I hope he dies. Nemesis. Your nemesis. That was the incredibly easy to pronounce word you turned into some sort of pig Latin monstrosity. Whatever. The point is that he didn't treat me with the respect that I deserve. And so I decided to hit him where it hurts. Oh, I see. You wouldn't by any chance be referring to... Ian Featherstone, would you? How do you know his name? Well, just so happens that Christopher and I monitor your Facebook page to see if there's been an arrest or a last-minute visit to urgent care that might prevent you from appearing on the show. And this week, we saw an intriguing series of exchanges between you and Mr. Featherstone, and we thought, well, why not invite him on the show? Greetings, dinner party show. Greetings, Eric Shaw Quinn. And greetings to you, Jordan Ampersand. Yeah, greetings, tall white guy with a bunch of silicone in his face who talks like the Queen of England if she was from Korea. Welcome to the dinner party show, Mr. Featherstone. Such a gentleman you are, Eric Shaw Quinn. Here, please take an invite to my exclusive monthly party. I am sure a man of your refinement and style will feel right at home. Bullshit. Your party's called Lisp? No, it's called the A-List. The font is weird. Forgive me, the invite is still in development. Kind of like that cleft in your chin. You see, Mr. Quinn, every week the A-List is where the creme de la creme of the Hollywood elite meet to rub shoulders with the most beautiful men in town. We stake out the most exclusive locations. Last month it was on a campground. And the finest liquor sponsors. Yeah. Yeah, like Taka. What's next month? Strawberry Boone's Farm? To produce the event to end all events. My extensive experience as a show business professional. You're a spin instructor at Purge, which is like the worst gym in town. As I was saying, as one of the Hollywood elite, I have the skills to assemble the definitive monthly event for everyone who is anyone who is worth stepping on anyone to get to. I see. Well... Who are some of the celebrities that have been at this special party of yours? Oh, nice try, but a lady never kisses and tells. Especially when there's nothing to tell. Well, it sounds like someone can't get an invite. Someone would like people to stop talking about him like he's not here. Little Jordan Ampersand, if I talked about you like you were here, you would kill yourself and then you would be nowhere at all. That doesn't make any sense. Oh, yes. It does. By the way, my precious little pearl necklace, a man of my accomplishments has made many enemies in his time, of which you are the very smallest. How foolish of you to think I had not learned long ago to check the seats of the bikes in my spinning studio for suspiciously placed amoebas, parasites, or syphilis puddles. Shit. It is a miracle how many tiny little pests can be eliminated with just 
just a few wipes of hand sanitizer. What is your fucking accent about? Okay, let me get this straight. All of this is because you can't get an invite to join this roving band of pretentious posers, most of whom are probably gym employees and health food store managers who have deluded themselves into believing they are power gays because other gays with money want to sleep with them. Yes, this party is terrible. I should totally be invited. That doesn't make any sense, Jordan. If I can't get invited to terrible parties, how am I ever going to be invited to the fabulous ones? Oh, for God's sake. I have seen Brock and Bastion look at Ian Featherstone twice. I tire of the lack of fabulousness here. Yeah? And your lower lip seems to be tiring of your face. You might want to step into the bathroom and inject it with more of whatever's in your forehead. And your pants, apparently. Yikes. Goodbye, dinner party show. Oh, I don't think so. I'm always the first to leave the dinner party show. Oh, my God, are you kidding? There's nothing we can do to get you to leave the dinner party show. Well, watch me. Watch out, Jordan. Oh, no. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. And now it's time for The Dish, brought to you by your mother, Mistress of Guilt. <sighs> That's okay. Go ahead and step on my foot. Why would I need to walk anywhere? I haven't been anyplace nice in years. The Dinner Party Show. Keep listening if you've got the stomach for it. What the fuck happened to Jordan Ampersand in that sketch? I, you know, like, my big question is, why has Jonelle Sams not made any mention of the fact that Lupe, the security officer, yes. made that big announcement? I, uh-huh. I'm i just saying, like, I think she has been but surprisingly you, quiet about that. you're also changing the subject. What ha- You were with Jordan Ampersand. I heard you on mic. Well, I obviously can't answer that question okay. because now it's a okay. contest. It's and a since contest. I was actually there. Party people, it's a contest. We would like you to guess what happened to Jordan at the end of that sketch. And if you guess correctly, you will win something. We don't know what, but we have a wealth of abundance. That doesn't mean anything. And if you know what, a wealth of redundant abundance. We have a wealth of redundant And a relevance of redundancy. (laughs) And and we'll let Eric tease. A wealth of redundance. I love that. Engage redundant systems. So if you didn't notice, Jack Morrissey's still here, as usual. Because there are still sandwiches. We've because been talking Bill about... Because flight has been delayed. <laughs> yeah. No shit. You ha- no, no. I just oh, read the email. Well, stay all night then. Stay till the end of the show. He's then. like, I'm not sure about dinner. Dinner at 10 p.m. on Sunday night in L.A. may be tough. Dot, dot, dot. That's very European. Dinner at 10 p.m. Because everything here closes at like... 825 Swingers. at the W. If it wasn't for the standard, the restaurant, the grill at the standard, like mm-hmm. I live next door and it's oops, I shouldn't have Eric, told don't that. Don't tell oh me people are crazy. <laughs> people are crazy. They're gonna come. You're gonna say something about Edward Snowden. They're gonna be knocking on your door asking yeah. to go to dinner with you at this They're standard. They're gonna hack be knocking my computer your door. show, my yeah. internet show. If they want to get even with we me about have, Edward Snowden, we have opinions about that issue. We have people on the page who have opinions about Assange. Obviously, not about the movie because right. they haven't seen it yet. John right. Matson says a lot of people may not like my views of Assange, but I think he belongs in prison. I don't agree with what he did, and I don't agree with him manipulating Manning for his own financial rewards. And I don't think he's a hero, but definitely a traitor and a coward. Are those the kinds of questions that the movie is dealing with? Is it more biographical or is it more about is it more about Assange or WikiLeaks? 
it no, it really covers the period, um, sort of the rise and fall at present. You would have to say because the submission platform remains closed at WikiLeaks. Oh yeah, um, of WikiLeaks. So it's there's another movie called Underground: The Julian Assange Story, which I think covers Assange during the college years, during uh-huh. his college years. Um, and then obviously there is Alex Gibney's documentary, We Still Secrets, mm-hmm. um, which covers a lot of the same material from a, I would say, different uh, editorial perspective. Right. So but the that's, preview, already, that's available um, on demand. The preview present. makes it look like there are multiple angles in the movie. That is that, true. That there's going to be the One DC of the things we're hearing and... a lot about the movie already uh, is that people appreciate that many different points of view right. are... Uh, well represented within the body of the movie. And Bill has said, um, just anecdotally, I think not in the press, that um, it is a movie that he hopes will have people sort of thinking about their perspective every three to five minutes or so. Right. Because it's such a fascinating uh, topic. uh, Interesting. So we'll see. Yeah, I don't want to see it dismissed. I loved his treatment of Kenzie for the same reason. Right. That sense of like, well, there was this thing that they were planning to do, but then there were all right. of these other things that happened as a right. result of it. And I think this is one of those kinds of topics. Like, I don't think it, that's why I object to using terms like traitor or whistleblower or any well, of them. Well, technically, he can't be a traitor because he's not an American citizen. Right. So. Like, I, I, I think that it's, I, I think that. That it's a whole new thing, and that to me creates a much more fascinating conversation than yeah. just simply pro or con dismissing somebody. Trying to put anybody into yeah. any kind of I, well, I just, I Jeff Harrington limited. agrees with you on our page. He says he's conflicted about the whole issue, but he'd like to see the movie and make up his mind afterwards. On the one hand, I think what he did was wrong. He writes, "For American safety, we don't need to know everything." Interesting right. point. On the well, other I hand, I think people need to know the, the truth. consequences of your actions. That's the thing that, right. that for me, is the biggest. Like with for Snowden Assange or, anybody, or for America? For any of them. Like, okay. I, I just think that it's fine. Like, I don't disagree necessarily with the choices that those men have made, but I think you stand up for what you've decided to do. I don't think you ask for there not to be. Like, it's the, like Breck was talking about. It's the Prejean exception. If you want to have free speech and you want to say what you want to say, that's fine. But other people have the right to respond in the manner Absolutely. to which that to the fact that you're choosing to say right. whatever it is. And right. I, I think it's a two way street. And to ask that nobody have a response to you having your views pro or con yeah. is is asking for a, a treatment that nobody else is entitled to. I, that to me is the the interesting aspect of the that, issue. Yeah, right. That I think our our guaranteed right to free speech doesn't protect you from the marketplace of ideas, which is where a lot of people go. Well, people are ganging up on me on Twitter. Well, they have a right to. If there are more of them than you, they have a right to speak out to you with one voice if they so which choose. Which isn't to act a reason not to have a but controversial view. It's a, it's a view. guarantee that if you have it, if it's just been an act of speech, that you won't be arrested, that you won't right. be. Well, it's kind of that's it. It's that you won't be arrested. And but, if you've broken actual laws, yeah. well, that's a part of calling attention exactly. to your cause. I, right. I think that Daniel Ellsberg did not go anywhere after the the Pentagon Papers came out. He stood up and stood trial. And, and right. I think as a result made a bigger point of what he was trying to expose. Right. Edward Snowden's case has become all about where is he going to go as opposed to what he was trying to point out. I, I think he has done a disservice to his own message right. by not showing up. 
Like mm-hmm. Assange, it's a bigger and broader issue. And as you point out, he's not an American citizen. So it Although, is quite the if, same thing. If Edward Snowden but had Bradley stayed Manning in the United is, States, he would be in solitary confinement for the rest of his life. There's no question. There, are, There's a lot of outrage. It's interesting from both the left and the right on Edward Snowden and his sort of flight. And a lot of, I think, Diane... Feinstein, mm-hmm. Michael yes. Feinstein. Yeah. That was uh, not Michael. <laughs> not Michael. <laughs> Michael's over at the synagogue going, "Where's that Edward Snowden?" Okay, Michael is the conductor number. of the Pasadena Pop Starling. Oh, Get it well, right. he was at the synagogue for a while. Yes, he so was. It's not that much. He owned in the fact, you took for a me while. to see him Did at he? the synagogue. Shush. Um, but uh, someone's confused whose show he's on. <laughs> lots of people have come out shaking their finger at the idea of, of Edward Snowden booking out. And to be clear, Edward's. You can use the T word in a discussion with Edward Snowden in he's terms an American of citizen, he is yeah. an American citizen, so he may fit your definition of traitor, traitorous, or he may not. Yeah, maybe, but um, I guess I I don't really see that in, If he'd stayed here in the states, he'd be subjected to at least what Bradley Manning has been subjected to, if not much worse. Right, you but know? it would that's Bradley the, Manning that's the has definitely yeah. been Bradley Bradley brutalized. Has Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, he, it's one and of those. Yeah, it's a, we are going to take a short break here on the dinner party show, and then I think Jack's staying. We don't know what Jack Morrissey. Is I hope doing. so. We don't know. Here's he's hoping another he's not cookie. Going he's, there's still cookies and sandwiches. We've so. got plenty to talk about. We've got a comment from Justin Simpson that Ian Featherstone sounded like Grace Jones. So we'll talk about we'll, that we'll and talk what about hat she's that. wearing. Thanks, and, Justin. And uh, in the meantime, we will have a, a short word from one of our completely fake sponsors. Cool. This fall on Out of the Box TV, a new cable station critics are hailing as devoted exclusively to shows about people who are entirely out of their minds. It's another rule-breaking tale of a rule-breaking rogue with a really fucked up past. Evening, Sammy. Evening yourself, pal. What brings you back to Red Face Gulch after all these years? Well, if you haven't heard, my father sold bath salts to children and my brother was run over by a locomotive while trying to escape his murderous ex-wife. Yeah, yeah, I know all that. But what are you doing back in town? Well, in case you didn't know, my sister shot up the post office because she needed money for baby formula after her husband left her because their daughter was born without elbows. I know all this, for Christ's sake. Still... What are you doing back? Also, my mother was a prostitute who killed and ate most of her customers during one long night of zombie bloodlust. Oh, my God. Enough with the backstory. What are you doing back in this town? How about I keep my motives a secret till the end of the season? Well, that shouldn't be too bad. It's cable, so our season's only about five episodes long. This fall, it's another uncompromising series about another uncompromising hero with a sullen expression and a really fucked up hat. It's sort of like a western, only there's going to be a bunch of crystal meth. And actresses you used to love from shows like Lassie and Little House on the Prairie will do cameos as trash-talking hookers and heavyset child murderers. It's Redemptor Murder Rectify this fall. On that cable station you didn't realize you were subscribed to. You know, the one that used to do shows about old cars. What I want is redemption. Yeah, but from what? Don't know yet, but I'm sure it'll involve some crazy preacher. Crazy preacher. See that show? Well, I think Crazy wasn't he on? Wasn't wow. he on Jonelle's uh, live at Poison Creek? No, Crazy preacher from no. megabaptistchurch.com? No, no. 
<laughs> I'm violating the number one rule of improv, which is you always say yes to the possibility that's oh, proposed. Oh, God. We're not, we do not yes. do improv. Yes. Well done. Well played. <laughs> hate improv. <laughs> yes. Well played. Yes. Um... Here we are on the dinner party show. We were, we're, we're still here. This remember when I came on your podcast, Jack, and every on our pork well, heavy edition. In fairness, um, and does your mom listen to the show every Sunday? Yes, she does. All right, then I'll I'll just bypass that next joke. Okay. <laughs> yes, I do remember when you attended our I, podcast. Wow! But, but as soon as memory serves, you couldn't perform. There were per- some performance issues there. What are you talking about? You'll go back and listen to this passage again and understand clearly. I Moving on. I, what is this? The dark crystal? According to the prophecy, <laughs> I went on your podcast. Well, there is a board of governors election at the academy on Tuesday night, and it is. I have heard that the mystics have started walking. <laughs> Across the wasted lands toward the Crystal oh, Castle. That's Hollywood. I uh, I was on your podcast to God. get back to my story before I get derailed again. Chris is screaming. He's wearing cans. Um, listen, <laughs> I'm actually talking over you. Um, the uh, podcast. Every every word out of your mouth Everything's was a competition at the dinner party show. Every uh, word out of your mouth was. We're not going to talk anymore about your mother. And then we would talk about my mom and interview with the vampire for like another 20 minutes because it's right. a fascinating topic. And I feel like we've done the same thing with you tonight in the Fifth Estate and Assange. You right. know, I feel like you're the reluctant spokesperson for Julian well, Assange. Well, I didn't direct the movie. Yeah, right? But you'll be doing the publicity Nor did I write for it. the movie. Not really. Who, who did, did he write it as well? No, he didn't. Uh, Josh Singer wrote it. Okay, cool. Who Anything else? wrote then? on Fringe. Oh. Not... Not... Uh, that not was inappropriately. Such a funny show. Like I that was so weird. That mad Fringe. scientist guy was such a riot. Never watched it. I watched it at first. Bad it wore thin with me. The uh what was it? Massive dynamics. I was like, really? You're gonna call the company Massive Dynamics? Live I'm and sorry. direct from <laughs> Comic Con. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um but there was a character who was sort of a mad scientist who was actually kind of a riot. He and Josh huh. Jackson were actually sort of a brilliant combination. People are obsessed but... with that show. Yeah. I wasn't yeah, it, it yeah, ran yeah. for years. It was on quite some while. It I was. Think. It was on for many seasons, yeah. Chris is making pouty face. I I wasn't one of them. I watched a few episodes. I thought it was interesting. They went the storyline they did later, which I heard about, which sounded interesting, with parallel worlds. Right. Where like, you know, one character was doing one thing in a dimension and then another thing in an alternate dimension. Because that's not confusing at all. I know. It was very lost, which I I want to talk about Sideshow the musical. Yeah. That's what I want to hear about. (laughs) Absolutely. When is that? Where is that? Tell me about that. Um Bill is getting together with Henry Krieger, the composer of Dreamgirls, to and that sounds like a good Bill Russell, Work the last uh, book time. and lyrics, to revive their Broadway musical sideshow about the Hilton sisters who were Paris uh, and real Nikki. life. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, even more disturbing. And they were real life show. Siamese twins oh. uh, who appeared. In vaudeville, I guess in the 20s, uh, and then did appear in Todd Browning's landmark film, Freaks. Mm-hmm. And this is a uh, uh, an unbelievably, a beloved Broadway musical that ran a very short period of time and uh, came down, and then this massive cult of what is called Hilton Heads... <laughs> grew up around literally just the CD 
of the original Broadway cast I recording because love again. It. There, there have been very, very few productions of this musical done. Mm -hmm. There was a notable production done at the Colony Theater here in Burbank. But uh, Bill obviously worked with Henry Krieger on uh, Bill's movie of Dreamgirls. And they have, um, it's called a reimagined production. They've literally taken about 50% of the original Broadway book, lyrics, etc. and pulled it out and replaced it with 50% all new was it Krieger's material. musical property to begin with, or yes. no? He's a, yes. so it's his to do. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But it's a huge cult. Yeah. No. It's thing. sort of like it's the Grey Garden. Gray yeah, I was just thinking in, the Grey Garden kind cult. of. Yeah, I could see and the fascination. So, uh, this reimagined production is a co-production between the La Jolla Playhouse out here in Southern California, home up where Jersey Boys originated, the Who's Tommy originated. Yeah, this is a start, um, starting place for a lot. And of the Kennedy really Center in Washington. Hits. Oh, so, so it goes already, up yeah, on so. November 5th down in La Jolla, runs for five weeks, comes down, and then goes up in the spring at the Kennedy Center. That's a pretty DC. great Tickets story. are already on sale at LaJollaPlayhouse.org. Oh, sure. It's going to be a big deal. Yeah. That's a great theater. Has Bill done a lot there? of stage work I, I have before? Not, I have not seen that theater. I've it's an incredibly important I let know me, of its place in the American theater this way. scene. Yeah. Literally, their whole thing is to have a sort of safe haven for artists to develop material and experiment with things and not be subjected to the scrutiny of a Broadway house. And they literally have a running dialogue um, with, I guess, the arts editor for the New York Times, basically trying to get the New York Times not to come down there wow. to look at what's going on. And the New York Times continues to basically tell them, we appreciate your position, we appreciate your artistic mission, we are coming down. Because what <laughs> what they're doing is need the so important. Falls All you need is one <laughs> Jersey Boys or Tommy to come out yeah. Right, yeah, exactly. of that space. Right. And then everybody's and coming. The Excellent. New York Times feels like its readers need to know. Yeah, yeah. very so, cool. Well, we're going to take a short break. We've got another installment of one of our ongoing series, World's Worst Pitch Meeting, and we'll be visited by Comic-Con Guy in this episode of oh, World's Worst Atlanta. Pitch Meeting. He's loose. It's like another version of Jack Morrissey. A few, from a few years yeah. ago, at least. Another full-time film freak. And I, Jack, are we are we saying goodbye or are you staying? No, all right. Are you well, staying? But there's still sandwiches. There's still sandwiches. So How long is this we show? Two, uh, it's another four or five hours. We're, we're good. We're on hour two. <laughs> yeah. And we're, we'll start the pledge drive in a Absolutely. few minutes. Absolutely. <laughs> but for now, it's I'm world's not going anywhere. worst pitch Excellent. meeting, and we'll be back apparently with Jack Morrissey. Hooray! For all the terrible films Hollywood puts out every year, there are literally hundreds. Hundreds of thousands of awful movie ideas Hollywood executives don't buy. In order to protect their legacy, some of the film industry's top producers have provided us with secret recordings of some of the worst pitch meetings they've ever been forced to sit through. That's why we call this series World's Worst Pitch Meeting. Here's another installment. To the panel, we went to a special meeting where we all signed a petition demanding that at least one of the major studios put a Shira movie into production immediately. Okay, and Shira is another name for Wonder Woman. Um, no, Shira, Princess of Power, is another name for Adora, He-Man's twin sister. She's only like one of the most iconic superheroes in history. The opening title sequence from her 1980s cartoon series has over a million views on YouTube. I see. 
Chip? It is Chip, right? Yeah, but most of my friends just call me Comic-Con guy because I go to everyone. <laughs> right. And apparently that's how you met my assistant who actually suggested you come in for a meeting. Did she actually do that? Yeah, she's a really cool chick. We were up until like four in the morning one night drinking Red Weddings. Have you had a Red Wedding? It's Irish whiskey and Red Bull. So, my assistant got drunk and suggested you come in for a meeting with me. Someone who actually makes movies that people go to see. Pretty much, yeah. Hold on a sec. Yeah, Sarah? Uh-huh? You're fired. What? The meeting's not even up. Okay, Comic-Con guy, let's get this over with. Okay, are you familiar with a video game called The Lexicon of Rasmussen? No. Oh, okay, my, my idea is kind of like that, only without the genetic imprinting lining the Rubik's Cube style strongholds of NSQ 7, 8, or 13. What? Okay, uh, basically just imagine a game like Arc Seal or Fall Weather, but without the interference of intellectual forerunner interstitials. All right. Um, this is a pitch meeting, so I'm going to need you to explain the idea to me like I never heard of it before. Like I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh-huh. You kind of look like you don't know what I'm talking about already. <laughs> I know. That's the problem, Comic-Con guy. Oh, okay. So you want me to, like, sum it up in a few sentences? Yes, as long as those sentences actually make sense. Totally, totally. Yeah, okay. So Sarah told me I had to, like, make it focused and to the point. And did you really fire her just now? Uh-huh. Oh, okay, because I can hear her crying. Maybe you can take her out for pizza when you're done. Uh, y yeah, maybe. And perhaps a red wedding, too. What? Oh, oh, oh the drink, right, right. <laughs> yes, the reason you're here, the only reason you're here. Well, that and I have a pitch. Which I still haven't heard. Okay, okay, short, simple, focused. Exactly. Okay, here goes. In the year 3672 CF, which is on a completely different calendar than the one we know, because in this universe there was no Jesus and therefore no BC or AD, a hyper-intelligent race of beings known as the Moanians came to our planet to wage war against a species of intelligent lizard satellite hybrids called the Sarkurts. The Sarkurts have developed a special quantum defense system called the Xanarch. The Xanarch was minded by a goddess called Xanthali. She is giant, hot, and Asian, and her vagina is the wellspring of the drone army she commands through a zero-point field interface. When the Milwani are defeated by the Sarkards, Santhali falls, and the drone armies are set free of her vaginal control, and they go rogue and attack the planet's limestone quarries with their plasma cannons, creating a new species called the Blurgs. The Blurgs are full of anger and hate, and it's their lizard bird children, the Alwans, whose 3,000-year attempt to colonize Earth basically forms the backstory of our real story. Jesus. No, no, dude, there's no Jesus. This is an alternate universe where Jesus never existed. Look, I have charts if you're confused. How many red weddings had you had when you thought of this? Actually, I crowdsourced this idea on Reddit, so technically it has 500,000 riders we'll need to get some sort of clearance from before we move forward. Oh, we're not moving forward with this. This is incomprehensible. Well, it won't be after we release the first eight movies. It sounds like Sarah's still crying. How about you take her to get that Red Wedding now. Oh, fine. I guess I'm not cut out to make movies. Yeah, seems like it. Yeah, I should just keep commenting about them online. Me and the 
500,000 people that contributed to this idea, we should just keep commenting all over the place about movies we hate and about how they betrayed the original source material and how they should be boycotted and stuff. I sure hope we like your next movie. Sarah? What? Could you get us some coffee, please? I thought I was fired! I'm hiring you back. Coffee. Now. Can I smoke weed in here? Go right ahead. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, and we're the hosts of The Dinner Party Show. Our show is free across a variety of platforms. To listen live every Sunday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, head to thedinnerpartyshow.com and click on the black radio icon at the top left corner of the screen. And when we're not doing a live show, our players stream several of our most recent episodes for your continuous enjoyment. A podcast of The Complete Show posts to iTunes and the show archive on our website the day after the show debuts. So don't forget to subscribe and leave a good review if you like what you hear. We'll soon have a low-definition version of each podcast in a single file for faster and easier downloading. But for those who'd like to enjoy the best sound quality, we break our show into four servings. Subscribers must click the setting, Get All Episodes, to make sure all four servings download automatically. You don't have to be stuck in front of your computer to enjoy our live shows or our stream. We have mobile apps available for both Android and Apple devices that allow you to open our player anywhere you are in the world. In other words, you just can't get away from us. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And we've taken away all your excuses not to listen to The Dinner Party Show. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. And now it's time for dessert. Brought to you by your sister's new husband who's had way too much wine. I mean, everybody's cheated at least once, right? I I, I mean, am I right? The Dinner Party Show. Keep listening if you've got the stomach for it. And now it's time for astrological advice from Twan, Queen of the Stars. Hey, Twan, Queen of the Stars here with the real dirt on what the constellations are up to and how you can read the signs before they read you. Get your mane out of your eyes, Leo. The dog days are upon us. We call them the dog days because of the ancient belief that Sirius, the dog star, not the bankrupt radio network where overpaid has-beens go to die, but the celestial body got too close to the sun and it caused the hot summer days of July through September. Whatever you believe, things will be hot and sultry for the next couple of weeks unless you're living in the Southern Hemisphere or dating Virgo. While most of us will be working on our tans and showing off our hours at the gym in our skimpiest bathing suits, those of us living in Australia or dating those frosty born-again virgin Virgos might just as well put on boots and fur parkas for all the heat we'll be feeling. As Sirius, the star rises in the east, and Sirius, the radio station, sings most everywhere else, the heat of summer will begin to subside, and the cooling rains of fall will begin. Best of all, those poor, unfortunate signs who are dating frigid Virgo will be able to dress appropriately for the weather and the bedroom. So, enjoy the heat. Or, if you're dating Virgo, 
Watch out for frostbite, because it'll be the only nipples you're likely to get. Till next time, this is Twan reminding you to watch out for the stars. Justin Simpson, yeah, had a great question, which is something I ask a lot, too. No Wonder Woman movie? Why not? All these superhero movies, why is that project stalled out or whatever it is? Don't you think the answer is right in the title? (laughs) No, I don't. What? I think it's it's like certain titles. Here's here's two more. Peter Pan, (laughs) Battlestar Galactica. It just doesn't work at the multiplex. So there this doesn't. Okay, but wait a minute. Jeff Robinoff, when he was then president of production at Warner Brothers, apparently announced a Wonder Woman movie about two years ago, and there was Joss Whedon was actually working on one. That sounds during like a good, the time. Good combo. He was directing Serenity, which put his feature directing career on hold until he bounced back in such a major way with the Avengers. Yeah. But yeah, he. Can I don't know. I think it's a you know the Amazonian who flies around in the invisible jet. Is um might be a tough nut to crack. Well, it depends on who your target audience is, maybe. But I there was hey. I want to point out that I would watch <laughs> Wonder Woman as soon as it comes out because I, I love her. I would lasso that movie. And if they got Linda Carter, no, there was a Wonder Woman pilot that didn't make it at NBC, which was odd oh because my God. NBC actually oh, no, that was the Bionic Woman. That was the Bionic Woman. The Wonder Woman pilot never made it to air, and NBC had produced it themselves. It was their own pilot, and they yeah, killed and it, which made unwatchable. headlines. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I think really it was harsh. David E. Kelly, too. That's right. That was a David E. Kelly Wonder Woman pilot. That just yeah. won't work. So Wonder Woman was a sassy lawyer with a lot of flashbacks and memories. Well, maybe you have to reinvent the story. I mean, I think one of the things that, and I, I know that it's hard, particularly when you have a loyal fan base to something, to to reinvent something, to come up with a new way to tell the story. Like, yep. I loved the way that they told Superman in this last incarnation because it was about him being an alien. It stopped being yeah. about the all-American guy, and it right. started being about him being this loner outsider. Stranger in, alien. Also, in a strange land. Also, really it was Henry Cavill. Oh, my God, who I could watch. Here, hey. I like to say, we haven't done our Pacific Rim review yet, but we had a mirror experience of our Man of Steel review, which is he thought Man of Steel was a better movie than I did. I think because Henry Cavill was in it. I thought Pacific Cavill. Rim. Cavill. I, I, whatever. I thought Pacific Rim was a much better movie because Charlie Hunnam was in it. Charlie yeah. Hunnam was Queers just the, the UK. Really the UK. The classic folk. original. Yes, the classic original. Yes. Yeah, he's fantastic. And don't describe the opening scene of that series because we think Eric's mother is still sort of listening to the show. Oh, yeah. No. Sure. She can't hear it. So you're Charlie thinking, Hunnam in the opening scene of that series? Uh-huh. It's the opening okay. episode where he, the premature yeah. ejaculation moment with the come on his hand on the telephone kind of moment. <laughs> so okay. Eric, if Eric doesn't care what his mother does. Mom had to do it at least once. I'm here. She didn't have to get it on her hand. In fact, if she had, you might not be here. Right. <laughs> yeah, if she had been doing what they were doing, Columbia, I would definitely South Carolina not be here. Unplugs from the dinner definitely party not show. Be here. God, the South Carolina, my neighbor. Oh yes, we have to talk about this. Dateline last Friday was the, was the story of my neighbor's Dateline. murder. My neighbor <laughs> really was tra- was convicted of no, murdering Dateline. his wife and best friend. Like, and Dateline did the big feature on Friday. Mom called wow. me to tell me that yeah, childhood friend of my uh, contemporary, my little brother's. Um, wow. Was yeah, convicted was, was of murder. And so they did, you know, the Dateline depiction wow. of and Columbia, South Carolina, and went through the whole. It was tranquil rivers in Ascot Estates. And, and, oh she, and she was a tra- The victim was a talented singer. 
by Columbia standards. God rest her soul. I should not be speaking evil so of a murdered woman. Right, there are Callous. people in Columbia listening to this show. My mother may not can hear it, but the other people can. I think she turned off at the premature ejaculate. But anyway, let's take all the care and concern really in Christopher fun. Rice's heart and still f- and fit it into a thimble and have room for six caraway seeds you know, and your thumb. You know, I'll tell you, it was interesting because Eric was talking about this case for the past two years, I think, and it was like, it's Sounds weird, and the husband's story doesn't add up. And he came home and apparently interrupted a robbery, but he shot him with his own gun. And then, oh, by the way, they're going to be on Dateline. And it was like, well, wow. that sounds like poetic justice because wow. the story was just weird enough. Murder in Ascot Estates. It, it was, was so called. strange because I kept seeing well, well. the little kid. You know, I, he's a grown man now, yeah. but I kept looking at his face and seeing this kid who I knew five, six years yep. old. And yep. that's really the last memory I have of him. It was so brutal and what an wow. awful yeah it was I, I don't know I ended up watching to hear mother tell the story over the telephone these past few years I it seemed like open and shut but when I watched the Dateline special I thought it was much more like questionable nuanced uh, yeah I thought it was I a tough to conviction say, though, I haven't said but this. then again I didn't see the court we've talked about I had a friend who worked in, in, in TV broadcast journalism he said they went to cover a case and I can't remember what show it was for but he did a lot of work with like the learning channel and those sort of crime driven cable channels and the <laughs> front line you know front line the respectable the PBS documentary PBS series had, had gone in it's and done a special like 40 years right they had covered this same case that they were going to cover previously and they said we don't know who the frontline people talked to or what agenda they had but it was a completely different lay of the land for us with the witnesses and the people involved and it was for them i mean there was some that it had to have been bias on frontline's part because wow. the story was completely different and so there's so much that gets edited out and there's so yeah. many decisions that get made about the case yep. and because there's more material than you can include like there was nobody from his family, really, that they even talked to, right? They really did not talk to anybody. Oh, the family no, didn't the, cooperate. The Only other the man aunt. who was killed. There was a man who was killed uh, in the murder, and they no, they didn't speak to anybody from his family. Nobody, nobody. Yeah, the only weird. member, family member of anybody was her, uh, was Brett's aunt spoke, right? But that was really it. I saw his mom in court. I don't think his father was allowed in court. He kept speaking to the jury Ooh, apparently, and okay. he was banned from the courtroom, which they we did, didn't see. Which they didn't say, and that they were, they also interviewed witnesses who were not included in the trial. The guy right. who said. The, the thing that the, about yeah, the gun no, that completely gun. Con- contradicted the <laughs> testimony it was not in court. So I don't know. Maybe it was bad on Brett. Pressure grinder I, keeps going off. It's so wild. Okay, let me let me say something. I'm going to say this on the dinner party show once and for all. And I and I believe I have tweeted this. I would like us to enter an era where every time a gay man takes out a cell phone, somebody doesn't automatically make a grinder joke. Okay. No, but I'm looking. I don't over there have grinder ju- on my phone. I have the tweets. You've just received like these 17 tweets messages. are about your Wait, appearance. No, is that They're about the incendiary things you're saying on is our that show. Scruff? They're about the minorities you've made angry since you've taken a seat in that chair. <laughs> is that you're going to walk out of here like Paula Dean? Your views on hats have New really York got City. blown up and gone crazy on Twitter. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that gay men are going to have to do a lot. 
uh, to amend their image You're before, the Don that, Lemon before, of the gay community. before that actually changes. <laughs> I think gay men are going to have to stop hooking up yes. online and no, on No, it's Grindr. gay men who do the joking. It's I'm at the gym and I pull my. I'm, I'm usually on Twitter. It's not like I'm you know curing cancer on my cell phone. But mm. I, the, every and You're a, a voice will cancer. come up behind me. Somebody I barely know. Like Grinder, Grinder, Grinder. Are you on Grinder, Grinder, Grinder? I'm like, no, I'm not on Grinder. I download yeah, Grinder to find out. I live next door to a gym and okay. I like and to find out. And now the story starts to. Unfold. Who is at the I gym? I only buy it for the crossword. That's and then right. I, think, I just read the article. And then I have a lesbian feminist moment of like, this is so dehumanizing, and these pictures now are let's just. Let's leave lesbian feminists just, out of this. I they like lesbian. They have hot sex too. This is a moment of integrity that I. And then I deleted and I bitch about Grinder, and then I downloaded it again. But I've never hooked up with anyone. <laughs> we have one minute left in this segment. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. But we'll be here in the hot seat more about with Christopher Rice. We're going to take a short break for a bro- Whore, one of and our. Then more gr- Life got you down. Tired of all those pesky regulations? Is the liberal nanny state establishment infringing on your constitutional right to do whatever the hell you feel like? Are a bunch of bleeding hearts worried about murdered school children trying to deny you the right to buy and use weapons of mass destruction? Sounds like it's time you got away. To Somalia! With no effective national government for decades, Somalia offers the kind of haven true mavericks like you keep saying you're looking for. Who needs roads, healthcare, or law enforcement? No one here will try to prevent you from owning a machine gun. We encourage you to carry one at all times. Because when there's a problem here in Somalia, you're on your own. From the sparkling ruins of the former capital to the dark, post-apocalyptic wasteland stretching on as far as the eye can see, Somalia beckons to those like you yearning to break free of the bondage of a social safety net and working infrastructure that is keeping you from living up to your potential. If you're tired of a strong central government and the running water, electricity, and civil order that implies, then Somalia is just what the doctor ordered. (laughs) Only kidding, we don't have doctors or taxes because there's nothing to pay for. Just an opportunity to scratch out a subsistence living while you avoid the roving bands of thugs and terrorists who are taking full advantage of our extreme free market opportunities. So, if you think you'd be better off with a government small enough to drown in a bathtub, come to Somalia and be free of government and bathtubs! Somalia, for people who think government is the problem but who have no idea what that really means. Well, Welcome back to the dinner party show. I love this travel. I'm Whore, your host. <laughs> Christopher Whore Rice. Christopher Whore Rice. Oh my if God. If the whore fits. Did you see this video that somebody sent of Margaret Cho reading your mother's porn? Speaking of, no. as long as we're on the topic. No. Yeah, having an orgasm while she's reading aloud from Sleeping Beauty. Like, it's this. It's, wow. Yeah, somebody posted it on the site this week. I, maybe Shay will repost you know, it to I call had it somebody, to people's uh, Somebody that we know who, who shall remain nameless, oh, a mutual God. friend. Of those people in the community say to me the other night, "Is your mother still praying for you?" And I said, "My mother never prayed for me." 
Well, I mean, in a positive, I'm sure in an affirmative. Sort I'm of sure, way. but never Not like a, oh, lost soul. Praying kind for of my way. soul. Like, have you think, met her? And did you think Christopher was a lost soul? No, I think he was misplaced. No. <laughs> no. Jack, you're still here. You got anything you want to talk about other than calling me a whore? Um. Well, we could talk. Too late. You were the first person I results? ever knew who had who was on Grinder. You would go on Grinder as, as the character from the Mothman prophecies, Indrid oh, Cole. True. That and is you, true. You would be all these chests, and then it would be like an ink blot, and it would say Indrid Cole. I love that. Yeah. That's so arcane. That's my favorite. That's when you have when you have when your Grinder profile photo is two red eyes burning out of darkness, the Mothman. You'll be amazed how many incoming. How many inquiries you'll receive That's hourly? That's just brilliant. I love that. It's yeah. oh, awesome. Chapstick. You, you introduced me to Grinder. I introduced. Did. did I introduce you to the Mothman Prophecies? Uh, you did not. I actually discovered what the a Mothman. Great movie. Pro- Is it? I didn't hold up for me. I watched it again recently and thought it love. was. Yeah, we have a friend, Adam Robitel, who Love. loves that movie too. Yeah, what we up, Robitel? Yeah. We watched it on at movie night one Halloween, and it was sort of like. Uh, it's a really beautiful film. Mark Pellington's a really visual director. I'm just going to carry this oh, show you, while you eat that dill. Oh, to dill now. Well, there's still cookies and sandwiches left. There's one cookie and four sandwiches, there's two more cucumber and that. two salmon. That's just all that's in the this room. Managed this show's to leave. off the rail when we're talking about dill. That's my new <laughs> song. That's my new song. Pro- Professional singer. Pro- I was a trained singer. I took voice lessons in <laughs> I was a teenage school. singer. I Pistrati. was... I was Your mother not wrote a that novel. Your mother wrote that novel about you. Cry, what is it? Cry to heaven. No, nowhere for your on missing this junk. Yeah, no, he I... just slipped off the bicycle seat. It wasn't actually. They didn't cut it off, but it was. Let just me tell you something. Smushed Let me tell you something. For a while. Back to me. This party I was at, this lesbian birthday party oh, last night. I went to college and high school with this young woman. I was in college briefly, but anyway. <laughs> And we did. And then he was asked. Ill-advised. We did ill-advised underwear photo shoot in in college when I was nineteen. Oh, and she's well, got. Well, 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 she's got. Well, well, two well. pictures from it hanging in her dining room. Did you take a picture of the pictures? Uh, yeah, I did. And I did. I is did. it on your phone? I'm waiting for the sales to really go down, and then I'm going to start tweeting those <laughs> shit out of those bitches. I'm going to the sales my... of what? It's worked the, great the for the sales Anthony of Weiner. everything. The sales yeah. of your stock. I ain't running for mayor. I just want to be famous. And why aren't you running for mayor? I don't want of that West job. Hollywood. I don't want. We well, we don't have a mayor. We have a city council with a rotating with a mayor pro tem. And why and, aren't you running for any of those positions? You know what? You heard it here first. You heard it here first, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> or you didn't. That's hear coming, it right? I, no, no, I don't think. Really? So. I, I, I have, think it's coming. I have to say, I we try not to be too local on the show. We did a Pride special, obviously. I don't really like Pride the way what? the last local yeah, election. Nothing local about us. I don't really like the We're way the last. I'm going to try this again. I don't really like <laughs> the way the last elections played out here in West Hollywood. And Eric, you can take that one because I, you agree it with was, me. It was. It was really ugly. ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I think that what's happening. I, I talk about it often. I think that we are at a point where, as we become, it's largely a gay community, West Hollywood, and we are facing as gay people as the gay community, a time when we are going to become a part of the mainstream and the people who have succeeded in the old version, the second class citizen version of being gay, right. aren't necessarily going to be successful as parts of the mainstream right. and they are but going define, to fight against... So those people should all be mean, sent to an no, island. No, 
Define what Manhattan you mean by second-class citizen. turned into like, a maximum being, security being, prison. Being super hot at the Rage on Friday night is no longer going... It'll be great at the Rage, but it's not going to count for anything outside My of the friend, real Eric world. My best friend, Eric Shaw Yes, sir. I don't remember a, a glowing blue neon the in front of that... <laughs> That's the way we people from southern, Louisiana talk. The rage. We went to buy books at the Barnes and Nobles. And they, <laughs> going down to the Piggly Wiggly. Going down to the pig, and the Schwegmans. Going over uh, to the, the rage. Target. Yeah, yeah. Over to the Rage. Yeah. Yes. But, yeah. So and what we wound up with in the last election was members of that group, I mean, kicking and screaming and caring. They were all about, who are these people? Who are all these people with children at our park? And it's like- They're gay people, assholes. gay people with children, asshole. Like, (laughs) shut up. Like, we can't show porn in the park. We'll show it in the park house. Like, let the children- Why do we have to show it on the playground? Why are we showing porn in a park? It was a a Tom of Fendlin art show, which nobody objected to them doing, but they were like, but there are kids in the park and they're our kids. If we want family- Values we have to be willing we have to, to expose them families. to BDSM at a very early age. I think it's very important. Jack Morrissey, once again, the show that started first to happen chaps. right, <laughs> right when you have to leave. The show really gets going. I'm right? not leaving. Oh, I'm well. being asked to leave. You're That's being right. asked. This to leave. is how it goes and when you even finish the cookie. We plate. have another installment of our special series, Best Served Warm. Jordan Ambersand is here this week to deliver some thoughts that you may have heard before. Jack Morrissey, we want to thank you for returning to the dinner party. Always show. I'll see you in less than a month. Okay, Excellent. you'll be back. Excellent. We'll see. Bye, Jack. <laughs> Whore! My Jack. Whore! In keeping with the Dinner Party Show's commitment to community enrichment, it's time for another in our ongoing series of public service announcements featuring the people who make the Dinner Party Show what it is. Best served warm. Hi, I'm Jordan Ampersand, and this is Best Served Warm. Studies by old smart people confirm that white people are no longer the majority population worldwide, but rather the largest of several different minorities. The most important implication of this new information is abundantly clear. More hot Latin guys! Seriously, if you're feeling weird about your race, have sex with someone from another race. But remember, as with all hookups, keep conversation to a minimum so you can pretend the other person is somebody hot you went to high school with. I'm Jordan Ampersand, and this is Best Served Warm. Oh, by the way, black guys are hot too. I thought Jordan Ampersand could be the voice of reason in a racial, racially tumultuous yeah, time. that's who I'm yeah. turning to. Well, yeah. I'll tell you, I think Jack Morrissey makes us be better than we actually are. I love having him over as a guest. I'm fucking exhausted. I feel like I had some guy who used to beat me up in high school and is our guest on the show. Really. <laughs> well, I that might assaulted. be partly true. I was called a whore. Um, which I haven't been for like two years. And you've really been disappointed about it. I thought it would cheer you right up. Disappointed. No, (laughs) it was fun. I don't agree about Wonder Woman. I think Wonder Woman could make a great movie if somebody had the right approach. Well, I think it's going to have to be a reinvention. I think somebody's going to have to completely see her in a different way. I don't think you can do a 1940s comic book version of her accurately and have that work. And I think that will piss off Wonder Woman purists, but I think it might make for a better movie. A movie is a movie and a comic book is a comic book. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Absolutely true. Well, 
Next week, we have another returnee. We have Marsha Clark. Our legal consultant. She has a new book out. <laughs> and author. She, uh, it's a, Her Rachel Knight series has another installment. But we're also going to ask her about the Trayvon Martin case. She we is haven't the new really... princess of MSNBC. She and has, has been, been in... all over. Yeah. Everywhere talking about this case. So it'd be interesting to get her views here on the Dinner Party And show. she's been a voice for... I guess reason and moderation. She's not been some inflammatory screaming she political. She was even more moderate. She was moderating me the last time she was here when we were talking about the O.J. Simpson trial, or the first time she was here. Right. You asked her about cameras in right. the courtroom. And we, she was actually more conciliatory about it than I am. I'm more reactionary than her. Yeah, absolutely. Big so, surprise. So we have uh, we have Marsha coming back next week, and that should be very exciting. And we will be in our. You regular... seem really excited. We should, I'm trying to think of all the housekeeping notes that I always. Right. Christopher's doing all the hard work. We I need, just sort of say crazy things. That is, kind of, you know what, Paulie David, who's not Paulie D, who I called Paulie right? D all week long. He was our guest last week. He called me your straight man. Well, that should be a first for you, Christopher. I, well, you know what? I'll, I'll tell you this. Maybe this will be our final thought since you get so weird around final having thoughts final for thoughts for tonight. Um, when I was in college, the one of the days that I spent in college, um, I had a roommate. And people would meet us and say, well, I know one of them is gay. And they would be referring to the roommate. So there was a time when people who didn't know any better thought I was straight. What? Including you. Including <laughs> <laughs> And that's my final thought. <laughs> Eric's final bitchy thought here at the Dinner Party Show. Well, thank you to all of our lovely party people. We had a little... We some, couldn't do it without you. We really couldn't. Holly, Joe, Justin Simpson, Samiko, John Matson. we had some comments that we couldn't get to because we didn't have time, but please enter yourselves in the Jordan... What happened to Jordan Ampersand this week contest and we will get to I'm your responses. Because Eric never tells. I'm Christopher <laughs> Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And you've been listening to The Dinner Party Show. Thanks.